Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets, what's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. Dr. Mark Farber is editor of the Gloom Boom Doom Report. He's here in London. He's just been speaking at the World Money Show. It was an excellent speech. Uh, I was lucky enough to hear it, and I'm sitting with him now. Dr. Mark Farber, welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears. Thank you very much. Very kind of you to have me on your program. <laughs> My pleasure. You ended your conference talk just now with the line, to distract the attention of the people, you have to go to war. Then the whole thing will collapse. That's a, a pretty bearish note to end on. Well, I think what has happened, we had excessive credit growth for the last 25 years, but especially over the last seven years, between 2000 and 2007. And then the economy obviously collapsed and credit growth slowed down very rapidly on the, in the private sector, in the corporate world and among households. But that was offset by essentially huge fiscal deficits, so-called stimulus packages by governments where government spending vastly exceeds tax revenues and money printing or so-called quantitative easing. And so a lot of assets, bad assets also, were transferred from the private sector to the government sector. And the balance sheet of the governments are obviously deteriorating very badly, particularly in the United States. Now, various studies have been published that show that actually government spending doesn't stimulate the economy much. The multiplier effect is actually less than one. And I think they can keep on printing money and they can have more f fiscal stimulus packages. That is a possibility. But obviously one day the problem will be the payment of the interest on the government debt and that will necessitate more money printing. Now so far the money printing hasn't helped the typical household, the working class, the middle class. What it's helped is the partners at Goldman Sachs and other investment banks and financial institutions and I think this will be the pattern to come where you have a continuous polarization of wealth where money flows into the pockets of few but the masses suffer and then the government will have to print more and more money and when things really get bad to distract the attention from the shortcomings of government policies and by the way totally misplaced government policies then the governments will invent some kind of an adversary, an enemy, and then go to war. It's such a terrifying scenario. It's happened before many times. And, I mean, what, what concerns me is, is the, the, the amount of toxic assets that the government have taken onto their books. And, and people have this notion that the government can kind of absorb anything, but they can't. Well, they've taken it not 
on their books because they are government employees. They've taken it on the books of taxpayers, basically. That is the problem. And uh, I think it will not help the economy very much. And as you say, whereas before the bad assets were in the private sector, now they're in the government sector. And if you look at the pattern of the United States, which were the biggest bankruptcies, essentially Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, so-called government-sponsored enterprises. And if you look at Medicare in the United States, which is a total catastrophe, uh, anything that the government runs is usually done worse than if it had been done by the private sector. So I have little faith that these bailout packages will be very helpful. But at the moment, <coughs> I quite like the US dollar. It looks to me like it's, it might possibly be turning up. It obviously went up a lot last year. Do you have a view on the US dollar? Well, basically what has happened, 2002 to 2007, we had bull markets in equities, in properties, in commodities, in everything. But the dollar was weak. Then starting February of this year, the dollar starts to weaken. And starting March 6th of this year, the markets start, the stock markets start to go up substantially. So since March of this year, you have a pattern of asset prices going up and the dollar being weak again after a period during which in 2008 the dollar was strong but asset markets were weak. Now, as of today, the markets have become very overbought, the asset markets, both commodities and equities, and the dollar is incredibly oversold. So I think the dollar may actually have a rebound at this point. But it's very difficult to see how the dollar would be in the long run a strong currency because the U.S. administration basically doesn't care about the dollar. What they care about is money printing, and that obviously is not good for the U.S. dollar in the long run. Um, I was looking at a chart of gold earlier, and it's amazing to see that despite the falls that we've seen in the stock market and despite the huge bull market that we've seen in gold since 2001, the Dow to gold ratio is still trading at around about nine, which is the long-term average. Yes, I mean, it's remarkable that in this period in 2009, during which stocks have rebounded very strongly, stocks haven't really outperformed gold meaningfully in the developed markets. Now, in emerging markets, we had some big moves, like in India, more than 100% or so. But in general... After not having gone down last year, gold has performed still reasonably well this year. Not as well as oil and copper that have had larger than 100% moves from the lows, but it's performed adequately. Do you think the gold price is suppressed? I don't know. There is a lot of talk about manipulation. I have some reservation about these theories. Uh, in general... We had a bull market in gold. We went up from $250 in uh, 2001 to now over a 1000 So gold has actually performed well. And uh, I always say if you have an interest rate policy of zero interest rate, such as we have in the United States, it's very difficult to value any asset, whether it's a stock or a commodity. But in general... Uh, I think that gold may still continue to go up, whereby recently there has been maybe a little bit too much euphoria about 
gold breaking out to new highs and above the $1,000 level. So I think maybe we have a correction period. I mean, we live in a very volatile world where stocks can uh, move 50% in three days and then correct 30% and so forth. So I think every investor has to live with that kind of volatility and be prepared to experience that kind of volatility. Um, I know you've got a plane to catch, so I'm going to ask you two questions very quickly. One, following on from that uh, discussion of volatility, I I agree, I, I see volatility elsewhere, and what you're seeing is, a, is a, an inflationary wall of money printing coming up against a deflationary uh, wall of, 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 of negative credit growth, mm-hmm. and that, those two forces create volatility. Yes, correct. I mean, the private sector is cutting down on credit in the sense that uh, households are saving more, the savings rate is going up, And because of tighter lending standards, they have less access to credit or they simply don't want to borrow because they feel uncertain about the future. At the same time, you have governments throwing money at the system and through fiscal deficits, they essentially expand credit in the system. And so you have these two opposing forces that lead to a lot of economic and financial volatility. Your three best investments going forward over the next 12 months? Well, I'd like to see the correction unfold here because we may argue this is a correction, but maybe it's a bit deeper than anticipated. And so it is conceivable that the high on the S&P 1100 was a high that will stay for a while and that the markets will trade in, in a range going forward for 12 months or so. But I don't think that we will make new lows below 666 on the S&P because Let's assume the S&P drops to 900 or even 800. I suppose there would have to be some economic disappointments. In other words, the economic news would worsen once again. And at that point, you can be sure that there will be more fiscal stimulus packages and more money printing. So that will lift again asset prices in nominal terms. But obviously at the expense of the US dollar, as has been the case since March, Asset prices and stock markets went up, but the dollar was weak. So I presume at the moment you're kind of short-term selling, but but long-term... I think traders, they may... They should probably move towards a selling selling mode. Long-term investors, I think they can hold equities. And it's always difficult to give an advice because I don't see into the personal financial position of each individual. How many assets he's got, what is his cash flow... Is his cash flow secure? Does he own a lot of bonds or cash and so forth and so on? But as a general rule, I would say cash has also risk if it is at zero interest because it will lose its purchasing power. So I think the two worst investments I would stay out of are bonds and essentially cash. And I would essentially accumulate equities uh, on weakness. Dr. Mark Farber, thank you so much. Your website is gloomboomdoom.com. Correct. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you. you very much. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. 
To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 